Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In our second week of the stewardship series, we turn again to our epistle reading from St. Paul uh, in Philippians. St. Paul is writing from all places uh, in prison. He writes these words, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you notice that the word righteousness was used twice here in these short verses. What does righteousness mean? How would you describe that to someone if you're having a conversation with them? They say, you know what, I heard this word in church, righteousness. What does that mean? How would you describe that? Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Righteousness, at least in the Bible, deals with people living in a right relationship with someone else. Now, there are two types of broad relationships that the Bible talks about. One is your relationship that you have with other people. And then the other is your relationship with God. The Ten Commandments, also known as the law, can be summarized like this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have the vertical and you have the horizontal. The commandments guide us in what living rightly with God and what others look like. Your relationship with other people deals with those who are living in your family, those who are sitting beside you this morning, really anyone who has their feet planted on this earth in the horizontal plane. Your relationship with the triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, has to do with this vertical plane. And so the question is, how are these relationships right? How do you live in a right relationship with mankind? How do you live in a right relationship with God? Well, let's start with being right with others. I'll give you an example. You go to work or you go to school, if you're a little younger, and uh, the teacher or your boss gives you a project to work on, and the people in your group or your classmates all get together, and you divide the tasks. You figure out who's going to do what and when it needs to be done. And everyone actually does the work that was assigned to them so that the project is complete. You know what you call that? Besides a miracle? <laughs> Righteous. It is righteous. You have all done your part to complete the task. You have done the work, really, of the law by loving your neighbor. In your marriage, when your husband, a husband and wife agree upon how to share the responsibility in the household, right? doing simple things like yard work or cleaning or finances or loading or reloading and unloading the dishwasher, and they do these things, you'd call that righteous. You have done the work that you agreed upon. You have done the work of loving your neighbor. In our congregation, 
The pastors do their part to preach and teach, to visit. When congregation members participate in worship and in studies, when they all work together doing a mission or a ministry project or, or serving in different teams or simply working together for the care of the facility that God has given us, you call that righteous. You're doing the work, <clears throat> the work that needs to be done to accomplish the goal. You have done the work of the law by loving your neighbor. But when the work isn't done, when one student or a coworker doesn't pull their weight in the project or complete their task, when one spouse lays on the couch and checks out, when pastors don't do their work in preaching and teaching and congregation members don't gather for worship or study, well, what do you call that? Well, it's not right. It's not righteous. In fact, it's unrighteous. See, we all know this from, from our experiences with one another. You need to work to be right before others. Being right with others requires your time, your effort, your energy. It costs you something to be right with others on the horizontal plane. To be right with others, you have to do, 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 and do. Two things, though, that come from this. One, we should be honest with ourselves and with others in that sometimes we really don't care, right? Because it's easier to focus on yourself than to do something for someone else. It's easy to focus on doing the work of, of loving ourselves over loving our neighbors. The other thing that comes to this is, is uh, justification. On one hand, we, we like to point to all the work that we have done in an attempt to justify ourselves before someone else. Right? Well, I, I, I did all the work. I did, all, I did the assignments and so forth and so on. Students would sometimes even add an excuse and say, but my dog ate it, right? Oh, I, I cleaned up all the stuff after, uh, uh, after uh, dinner, after working a long day. I'm just going to lay down on the couch and put my feet up, right? I've got to justify why I'm laying down and taking a rest because I did all the work previous before that. Oh, that study topic doesn't really relevant to me, and, and I went to service three Sundays ago, and I had a bunch of other things going on this week on Sunday morning, so, so I, I guess I didn't, didn't really need to be gathered in church this Sunday. Right? See, we justify ourselves and we point to what we did do when there is a question that maybe you didn't do enough. And even if no one is actually accusing you externally, it is human nature that you feel the need to justify yourself because you feel like you didn't live up to your own standard, to what was right in your own mind. Well, I exercised for an hour today. I walked the dog, so that means that I can eat this plate full of chocolate chip cookies right now, right? It's a justification. Now, being right with others always requires your work. And you are always on the hook to justify how much or how well you worked. Sometimes you do enough. Other times you don't. Sometimes you care. Other times you don't. 
That's just the way that it works among us. We don't fulfill the law of to love our neighbor as ourselves. <laughs> we are by nature unrighteous, unright. That's just on the horizontal plane. How does that work with our relationship with the Lord? While we work hard to be right before others, what sort of work do you suppose that you would have to do to be right with the God of all creation? How much would you need to do and how often would you need to do it and to complete those works before you could be confident that you had done enough for God to say, oh, good job. I think we're all settled up here. How are we called to live in a right relationship with the God of all creation? Well, let's, let's look again at what St. Paul wrote. St. Paul says, If anyone thinks that he has reason for confidence in the flesh, boasting, right? I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. This is my lineage. I have, I have been part of this. I have done it. As to the law... I was a Pharisee, an expert, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Look at how well I loved my neighbor. Paul is pointing out all that he has done. He, is, his, he, is, he did the work that the law required. He was zealous for God. He even points to his ancestry as something that he could use to boast about. Used to do What? used to justify himself before the God of all creation. He looked at all these things at one point and said, See, this is what I have done. I'm right with God. <laughs> Only he wasn't. While he could possibly boast before other people about what he had done, he came to realize that this is not how it works before God. He goes on to say, Whatever gain I had, or really thought I had, I counted as a loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. In other words, St. Paul says that all the things that he has done, 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 and done to be right before God amounts to a bunch of do, do, do. You get the picture, right? Now, to be right with God requires work. That's for sure but not Paul's, not yours, God's. God does the work to make our relationship right with him. And how is it that he does it? Well, only and ever in Christ Jesus. See, you and I, we don't love our neighbors the way that we're supposed to, but, but Jesus does. You and I are lazy and indifferent to others at times, but Jesus isn't. You and I try to justify ourselves before others. Jesus never had to. 
You and I can keep the, uh, can't keep the law even when we want to, but Jesus did. There is nothing that you and I can do, no work great enough, no service long enough, no offering big enough, no prayer eloquent enough to make us right with God. Christ Jesus does all the work. And when we hear what he has done, what he has suffered, what he has given for us, the Holy Spirit even creates in us the faith and the hearts and minds, the faith that believes it, that trusts it. That says, yes, Lord, you have done this for me, and now I am right with you, not because of what I have done, but because of what you have done. So how do you live rightly before God? Well, by faith in the work that Christ Jesus has done for you on the cross, period. Your righteousness before God rests only and ever on Jesus. And so there is no boasting. There is no justifying. It is by the grace of God that you are made right. And by faith in what Christ Jesus has done for you, you are righteous. Now what on earth does this have to do with stewardship? If before man I need to work to be right, but before God I'm called to trust in his work for me, then where does stewardship fall in all of this? Well, a steward, brothers and sisters in Christ, is someone who has been entrusted with something that's not theirs, that they didn't work for. A steward is someone who has open hands to receive what is given from another. There's no sense of ownership for a steward because they realize that the object or the item that has been entrusted to them is not their own. So just as we were made right by God's work, we're also given everything by God's gracious hand, and that means everything. Faith sees this reality and recognizes that every good gift that we have, our righteousness before God and the socks on our feet are from God. Faith sees this reality that, that God gives us our eyes, our ears, our reason and strength so that we can do the work that we need to do, the labor that the Lord has given us and he graciously provides so that we can earn our wage, purchase the bread for our table and put a roof on our head. Faith sees that all that we have for this body and life and for the life that is still yet to come comes from God purely out of divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness or work on my behalf to earn it. It is all gift. And here's the thing. It's not just our own to do with what we please because we don't own it. Stewards don't own it, but they're entrusted with it for a purpose. There is purpose for what the Lord has given you beyond yourself. And that purpose is for the care of your neighbor to the glory of God. Think about the, the co-workers or the students. God has given you the ability to work, to think, and to do, not just for yourselves, but for your co-workers, your fellow students. Luther is famous as saying, God doesn't need your good works, your neighbor does. So when you're working on those projects together, you are able to use the gifts that God has given you 
for the benefit of those around you to the glory of God. Well, the same goes with your family. God has given you the ability to work, to think, to do, not only for yourself, but for your spouse, for your children, for your parents, so that in your families you may use what has been entrusted to you for their care, to the glory of God. And in the church, well, it's the same. God has given to each and every one of you your time, your talents, your abilities, your treasure and resources, not just for yourselves, but for the care of your brothers and sisters in Christ and for the furtherance of God's kingdom here and abroad. That's the thing, as righteous stewards, we see through the eyes of faith that every good gift comes from God for the care of our neighbors and to his glory. So I pray that you keep that, in, that reality in mind when you, when you go into work or into school uh, tomorrow morning. May the Holy Spirit open your eyes to see where the gifts that the Lord has given you might be used in service for your coworkers or for your fellow students. Keep in mind that reality as you leave the sanctuary with your families today. May the Holy Spirit bless you with opportunities to, to love and to honor and to cherish and serve one another with the gifts that the Lord has entrusted you. Keep that reality in mind as, uh, as uh, righteous stewards when you consider use of, of time and talents and treasure to serve your brothers and sisters in Christ in this place and to proclaim the kingdom of God beyond our walls. The Lord Jesus has given you a righteousness not of your own, not by your own works, but by his grace, that you would be received in faith and so that you would steward that and you would be a, a righteous steward for the care of your neighbor around you to the glory of God. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.